everybody. It's LOI Central with Dan and Johnny. Yeah, welcome along. It is episode 33, uh, the seventh season, uh, and with uh, Dan McDonald and Johnny Ward as ever. LOI Central today is uh, a little bit different. Later on, we're going to go along to the Aviva Stadium for the launch of the EA Sports FC uh, SSE Artisti League Club. We're going to talk to a couple of players there from two of the leading clubs. And those players are going to be uh, Gary O'Neill from Shamrock Rovers and David Cawley uh, of Sligo Rovers. But before all of that, uh, we'd like to thank our sponsors, Future Ticketing. Um, we'd like to thank Rascals Brewery. We'll talk about a bit more about Rascals, um, Rascals being the word. And uh, also, obviously, Collar and Cuff. Um, Decky is still given a free shirt and tie with your suit. And you weren't intent to see him. You weren't intent to see him. I wasn't going to see him. And he's coming near the cup final as well. So maybe... Uh, Maybe some of the respective clubs will want to go out there. But in any event, um, Dan Galway United have won the league. And that's the obvious place. Well, it's not the obvious place to start, but it's the obvious, it's the obvious place, place to start. It's the obvious place in your mind. Yeah. I, I want to go into your after mind. All these, I, I go into after your mind. all these years. I, in this the, is therapy, Johnny. I want to I go into your mind because you went to Kerry last Friday. And people <clears> sort of, <throat> after our joking about last week, people got, they're going to lose when he's there now and all of this. But you were there for your, your club winning a trophy mm. i want to ask you how you felt it was it wasn't what i kind of anticipated it would be because um i was i was hoping that they'd win the league in terryland park as well which is a really special place to me and a lot of go united fans um amy dc park as it's now known and um watford's kind of sloppy form meant that it was going to be in Kerry. even a draw would have done so like the, that was a, it was it was almost certain to be in Kerry, and it was um a strange enough place for going out to win the league, a place that just like didn't exist in League of Ireland, League of Ireland nomenclature until a few months ago, realistically. And um, I was in the press area. It was the first Go United game I'd covered since the Watford game in any shape or form earlier on the season. So it did feel like it was kind of like crashing the party a bit. But over to my right, Galway Bay were there, and Derek Rogers, or Book Rogers as he's known in Galway, he was doing Colcom. He was part of the squad in 97 when they won the League Cup. And in those days, the League Cup final was a two-legged affair. And the final was played on New Year's Day. So it was probably like a really cold day at Turner's Cross back when there were winters in Ireland. And uh, 27 years ago, and here's he, he's commentating. He left the squad the following season when I got involved. Haven't won anything since. So it was like, that's a long time. Um, and then, I mean... <laughs> It was the first year I wasn't involved since the club reformed, so it was a bit strange. I'm looking on the edge of things. Uh, yeah, I'm. To be honest, I'm really looking forward to the to Bowes game, and I'm going to just immerse myself in the way I support Galway United for years. But the the Kerry game is a little bit a little bit strange. I have to give Kerry um, loads of kudos. It's something you'd be for like as you think about in Crow Park, but they played like Galway songs at the end, Galway Girl. Which I absolutely hate as a song, but to be fair, like it's a Galway song, and it was lovely. So they they really had did the music ready for Galway celebrations in Kerry, um. So that was ace, and I, I mean, I went home that night. I had to work the next day, so it was. It was so, I, wasn't yeah, exactly I feel like you just feel a bit like your engagement is different to what it would have been. Oh, if your teenage self or your early twenties self. But it, I just I think you might reconnect more next year because you're going to see them more regularly on your doorstep. You will naturally end up at more games next year. You know, the first vision is a. I know I slag you off by not going to loads games. Loads more games. But like, it's going to be suddenly a situation where you can jump into 16 bus or whatever to go and see mm. them a couple of times rather than uh, now. 
A, bu- a bus right outside the house goes to Tala. A bus right outside the house goes to Daly Mount. Inchicore's not that far. So you see loads of games next season. Very likable bunch of players as well. Like they, I mean, Stephen Walsh again scoring on on Monday against Kerry. Um, couple Harps, of Finn against uh, Ker- Finn Harps rather, but the injury of Francie Lomboto didn't get any reporting on on Monday. But he's likely out now for the Bowes game, and he's a, he, like you are thinking of that because I like yourself was at Bowes the other night, and it's going to be a big test. Yeah. Go United can now just like. They put their eggs in that basket. Yeah. This is, I know I was chatting um, to you on the way home and you definitely had mixed emotions. I know I did. No, I did. And part, like part of it is that, like, and I, I mean this, like sport gets a bit different as you get older, but mainly it's just a part of the fact that um, I'm not involved this year for the first time in years. Like I've been, um, I've been donating like money to the co-op monthly or whatever. So I did that as part of the, but then that, that model changed when the Comers sort of got heavily involved. So that's my involvement now in that I'm one of the guys who gives a few quid every month, but like didn't have a season ticket this season, for example. Um, wasn't the program editor. And, you know, just last year I was exasperated and I was just like, I, I want a year out of this. And typically then, you know, it-, it, it <laughs> You've just like the old don't feel like you jumped the other side of the fence now. You're just, you're just, that, you're just that disengaged pundit now. Are you, is that what you are now? Is no, part of but it's also the club have gotten so big. Like the club had more, I think, this is the mad thing. The club had more, or give or take a similar figure at a recent women's game than was at Bowes when Bowes last came to Cherryland for a cup game which was something like 850. The last time Bowes came for a cup nice. game in Thailand, it was a terrible crowd. Like, I am I was getting badgered by Bowes fans the Look other night. Um, badgered by Bowes fans looking for tickets that are just going to sell out straight away. Um, so it's mad. And the going out of the club's in a great place. Um, the Kerry game was obviously like, it, was, it wasn't... Um, I mean, it was always going to be a victory. Most, yeah, it's not the most upbeat intro of all time we've had, really, is it? No, but... Um, I have to say, fair play, like, I watched uh, Virgin, Virgin's coverage of the Pats game then the following morning, and they were, like, showing the goals almost as they went in in Galway to an extent. It was really cool, like, so... John Caulfield um, getting accosted in his interview. Yeah. That's, uh, that's I, think, I, I think 20 years ago, you might have been there. You know, you might have been, if it happened 20 years ago, you might have been putting the arm around him, sort of uh, oh, singing, totally. on, singing onto the screen. Totally. Now, now, I just imagine you, like, you were in black and white, like, st- standing back from it. You know, just kind of wondering what it all meant. You know, where did it, where did it go? I, I feel like it was a journey for you in every sense going so, to Kerry. Psychologically, it was... It, Saturday morning was a strange experience. Like, because I hadn't I hadn't been out celebrating that long trip back. I back at two in the morning and whatever, woke up wrecked the next morning. But it was a strange experience. Like, all of these years, like, thinking back at... Um, but Bowes do a great match program, so I was reading the match program for Monday night, and like completely went down. Did did two games, a lot, lot of stuff from history, and that always brings me down. So I end up like coming back on the ra- for, on the train for the race yesterday, just looking up Jackie Jemison, right? But I started thinking of the match program, the first match program, the game against Cove that I got a copy of all these years later, and the path from that to Kerry, and like the so much disappointment, and and kind of going in and in and out a little bit as you do as a League of Ireland fan, you're not always t- totally immersed. So Saturday morning, I can't put my finger on it. It was it was a strange feeling. It didn't even if it happened twelve months ago, it would have been totally different. Yeah, well, that's what it was. It that was, was sad. Difference. That is that is weird. I think I just I relate to it in the sense that like you know you know me a long time. People who know me a long time know like I would have gone home and away to Alden and Dock games when I was a teenager. And then you get to that stage, and it's maybe a bit different for me because I started working very early. 
But once you, you start get, having sex, basically, League of Ireland means a little bit less. This is this, you know, or showed anyway. This is this is your recurring line, in theory. which is, I mean, like, which is definitely not true in the context <laughs> of like a lot of parents we know in the League of Ireland League of Ireland fans. This you're seeing it. This is your classic mistake of seeing the entire existence. I'm telling you, of, once I hit thirty-five, like <laughs> you see it all through your own experience, and that's mm, not true. Mm. My, my point is that. My point is that, like, I find when you once you're working around that and your engagement is different, like, like I remember, I'll be honest, like, the Dundalk say glory years, 20, 2014 when they won the league. I did sort of, I, fe- I could feel it that night, but it's more than the, they won leagues in the, in, the, in the seasons after, and you'd just be like, they'd win the league and you'd just be scored again in the car to go home. And you think, you see people you would have known that in your previous life, like, you would have sort of spent a lot of time with them and you're sort of more happy for them, but you're sort of heading off yourself because you're not mm. really a part of that anymore. Now, it's happen more sudden for you to be fair I, in a very I w- short space and, but I think you, I do think to be fair you're not deep enough working in, in the football writing game that you won't get it back I think you could end up reconnecting next year because all of a sudden you'll be going with your sort of you know your, your whatever go for a couple of beers and go on a night off and go and watch Galway playing Pats or in yeah. Bows or, or Talca and I reckon you could actually fall in love with it very easily but even, even with Gaelic games this year now it wasn't it was it was again it was slightly different and it, it is just having this different notion of how sports kind of comes into my life, it, it didn't mean quite as much this year as I'm getting older for some reason. Okay, right, it's, right, listen, it's, pro- it's probably climate anxiety. Like, uh, well, being that's, honest, that's not what we want to hear. No, but not um, day when there's a storm. But, but, but I, in terms of next season, Dan, yeah, going to games in Dublin and the amount of away fans coming to Galway, it's going to be like Terry is going to be rocking almost week to week because it's going to be phenomenal. And um, Premier Division next season with Galway back. Um, yeah. And as, I mean, I was—I don't know if we achieved anything in that therapy session, but we went through went through a couple of things. Um, we should talk about other stuff that happened in the last week because, to be fair, Galway winning the league is not unexpected. We were both at. There's always a tendency to lean on the Monday games, and we should we should obviously refer to that. And, and to be honest, the mailbag is sort of very much dominated by bows and shell stuff, and we were both at it. So let's not let our own games dominate yeah. what we talk about. There's a lot of other things happening in the last week, like we had. The incredible Friday where Shamrock Rovers lose, sorry, lose ground or drop points, sorry, against UCD, like probably the worst result of the season, uh, and they gain a point because of Derry City losing. What were the reports from Belfield? I, mean, I, I was speaking to people as the game was ongoing and they were sort of, there was a couple of jokes, you know, about, well, could, could UCD win? Obviously, I hope there were funnier jokes than that, but it was just more discussion. There's no way Rovers won't win. And then it got to like 50, 55, 60. And it was like, actually, um, it might be just one of those. Uh, and you are just looking at the scores going, will Derry go and seize the day? Now, I know there was referee and controversy. Uh, in fact, you look at the week that was, both Derry and Pats, ostensibly, you could say they bottled it in the context of like, you know, they had big games mm. to put pressure on and they dropped the points. Yet both of them could have had penalties mm. that would have allowed them to win those games. And you might have had a different view viewpoint. The, the Forrester one on Monday and the uh, that was, that was, was the, the, the Derry player who was taken out in, in midair. Um, yeah, and uh, apparently Richard Brush said afterwards it should have been a penalty as they say I mean, it's easy to say that when you've won um, you've got to give UCD a lot of credit you do Andy Myler who's now leaving I yeah. think we I don't, when we spoke to him in here that time and sort of all fair afterwards he, he did speak about the work commitments and it probably mm. wasn't a great surprise but um Look, I'm, I'm self-praise is no praise, um, but I'm going to do it. Like I said out on the show recently, they're going to do it to someone in the running. You know, they're going to they're going to screw up someone on the running because they have that ability to do it, and they they did it. 
to Rovers and yet Rovers have got away with it. They've completely got away with it. Which but is you're like thinking, oh, Pats have made ground. And then the story is, but I, I will say now, I mean, the Pats and Dock game on Friday, which I was at, I, I genuinely, a couple of Pats people even afterwards were saying the second half, the best they've played in weeks. I just, I couldn't see it. I could see they were better in the second half, but I thought they were really unimpressive on the night. And I, I just don't think, and I'm, not, I'm not shocked that they followed it up by, by losing to Drada at all. Um, I feel like they are just stuttering along right now. Now maybe that they they go to Cork this week. We'll talk about Cork in a minute. Um, but they've got the cut the semi final after, and it might just be that that shocks them back into life. I, I kind of find it hard to put my finger on it because they do have Joe Redmond back now. Um, I I just I just feel like they're just there's they're. They they've played well at times this season, you know. After Tim Clancy left, but you kind of wonder: is there still like a is there a dramatic change really in them mm. now at all? You know, it's still pretty much the same squad. They're they're quite reliant on Forrester's brilliance. They have a good base with sort of you know Lennon and Murphy, but you know they've they've played a lot of games at this stage. It's very hard to like to explain. Tommy Larnigan very good against the Dock. We just went over the top and they scored. But I mean, nothing over the top of his interview afterwards. Yeah, yeah. but but um, they're just they're just okay, you know. Yeah. And um, I feel like actually it's weird. Like bows are very inconsistent, but you feel like they have more about them in in the in the attacking areas in the final third. Um, but yet they were absolutely like dreadful in the first half against Shell. There, there, there so, is a self so, reflection, dreadful, but but certainly poor. And a lot yeah. of people are saying the league just isn't that great because Shamrock. But that's Cole, been said all yeah. year, and now it, it is after two. Well, well, there's, the a, there's a specific like, mailbag question that allows mm. us to talk about that. Like, I think it's the inconsistency. Like, I thought, I, I like, I thought Dundalk were very good in the first half on Friday, and I thought Shells were very good in the first half mm. um, on Monday night, and yet, like, neither of them won those games. Like, so there's a there's an inconsistency around like the the the, the four teams that are, are likely to finish third, fourth, fifth, and sixth. I mean, Derry have just key opportunities; they've just botched it. Um, mm. But you know, and, and then and Rovers like the one thing about Rovers is they've dropped all their points against the teams at the bottom. Like I saw, like I saw a stat which is sort of, you know, I, I think what Rovers have done if they do go and win the league, you can say that at certain times of the year they produce like these sort of marquee displays. If you know what I'm saying, like that they actually really stepped up. Um, poor record against Cork. Poor record against Draw. Yeah, I'm going to get it up here um, now because someone actually sent this to me last night. But I think you know the 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 fact that even they've dropped two points against UCD like on the field like that's going to be an issue. Like I mean, Pats. I think the issue with Pats is not the issue, but the problem with Pats is that like they've they've actually been brilliant against the teams at the bottom, but like they've they've they they've under underperformed against a lot of the top sides. Rovers have dropped seven points to Draw. Five points to Cork and two to UCD. So, uh, but like they, they, they beat Pats in April when Jack Byrne, the MLS stuff, they were very good. You know, the Derry win in May away from home, very good. Mm. The Bowes game recently in Tala, very good. Like at certain times they've stepped up and produced dominant displays, but then they just go and they just drop points afterwards to let people back in. And maybe it might be the case that like Friday against Shells is such a big game for them that I think we know, like the, the problem with Derry now is that even, the fact they didn't even draw it means that that the rovers on the run in um the better can, goal difference well, as well yeah they can have, they can afford to like draw against uh draw against shells and draw against pats and that basically you know would 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 in theory be enough if um if Derry won everything you know, it looks like an in. underwhelming end of the season, being honest. Like, because it looks like Shamrock is going to win the league. What's happened at the bottom now is basically Corker in the playoffs. Probably you see the year gone down. 
the only thing now the uh, European race is going to be very exciting uh, it wouldn't amaze me if Dundalk finished fourth it's mad I, I don't know well, well we have a very specific question about that a, I've been looking at the run-ins we, we should also con- congratulate the teams who've made it in the playoffs um, in the first division we will get to all this in the mailbag but no, ama- we, won't, we won't get to the first division playoffs in the mailbag do it now we've, uh, well, we've uh, Shane Keegan reference in the yeah mailbag. okay but it was, aside from that we won't get to mention Wexford we yeah so, mention- so Wexford we're hoping to get James Keddy on the show uh, very shortly but Wexford and Cove I I, mean, I can't remember then what our conversation was to start the season, who I was predicting to finish in the playoffs. But like at the moment, Waterford, Cove and Wexford are assured at Lone Town are heavy odds on. So the Waterford, Cove, Wexford at Lone to be the four playoff teams would have honestly been a thousand to one. Like, yeah, amazing stuff. So Longford, Treaty, Bray, Finn Harps. Look, pretty much that's that they're going to finish in the bottom half. Longford, Treaty, Brave, Finn Harps, yeah. all going to finish yeah, in the bottom Dave half. Yeah, Dave Rogers, of course. And Dave left. Rogers. Nah. So, yeah. Okay, it might be. Position, yeah. Might, it's an underwhelming season, you'd have to say. After Harps. getting a four year deal. Yeah, but obviously clearly it wasn't watertight enough. They couldn't uh, They couldn't find a way to, to part. But uh, Well, yeah. he's, he said, was he, did he not say it was family reasons? Yeah, like, yeah, I mean, like, mm. it seems to be. But I mean, I, I think to be fair, you know, the 5 1 defeat away to Cove the night before sort of is the type of thing that also would lead to changes, you would have thought at some point. I just couldn't see that work. And if you were if out. you were a betting man, they were never going to get hockeyed on Monday in Galway. Galway presumably on the piss for the weekend. Finn Harps going to batten down the hatches, and of course it was a it was a close run thing. See, there was there a, not a bad crowd, but um, I yeah, think there, there, was, there was a good crowd. They're there to get cup final, semi final tickets. Speaking about getting hockeyed, like there's a bit. Of, we have to refer to Cork City as well. We are recording Touch about the Rascals trip. We, we are. Well, we'll talk about that. Jesus, uh, we're, we're recording on Wednesday morning. Uh, close to 11am I do think there's a possibility of a change with, with Cork City by the time this comes out um, I, I don't know to what extent um, I did not know that cha- Well, I, I don't know if, if there may still end up being some kind of reshuffle there as an aftermath I, I may be wrong uh, this could be out of date but I'm always conscious We've we, how many times have we done a show this year and then like four or five hours later there's a press release drops out and yeah. we're sort of out of date by the time they come out but um, I'm not sure if there's going to be anything like a new name coming in but I saw of wonder um, could you have someone else sort of on the sideline for the run in from the current staff it's a it's a possibility Roy Keane <laughs> oh my god imagine <laughs> and I, I could be I could be wrong but certainly it does seem with the, the Cork City are just in a situation where I think there seems to be certainly pressure internally coming on to, to, to figure out they need some kind of reaction from somewhere and uh, I, I did listen to the start of the, uh, the Three Amigos podcast the other Three Amigos podcast which was a uh, Sort of doing a live watch along of the game on Monday, and I mean, it's a lot of a lot of profanities. Mm. It was sort of a, mm. if, if 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 your if your therapy session earlier was a bit more maudlin, that is just more like the anger, the anger stage. Before we get to the mailbag, um, Watford are their form has been very hit and miss going into the playoffs, so it's a hard one to call. Well, I think the the, the reality is with Cork City that you're now have to look at it and say what if you're Cork City. What gives us the best possible chance of winning a one-off game in a couple of weeks' time? Mm. And you almost have to count back from that, you know, and say, okay. What do we do in the meantime? What do we do? And they have this mm. weird thing at the Cup semi-final in, in, the, in, the, in the interim as well. But I think there's an element of, okay, do you need, like, freshness around the place for that? Like, is there a danger of, of things being very stale around that game if you stay the way they, they are? Um, like they had a bounce earlier in the season when the, the the sort of the interim team came in, you know. Do you just put put a different voice there and, and maybe a bit 
bit of a different intensity in, in certain ways, a bit more. Like, do you see King Coleman sort of clashing with fans or talking with fans? Do you need maybe someone to go in and knock heads in the dressing room, a slightly different type of voice for this type of job? It's possible that that's, that's the way they end up might have to look but I don't, I don't actually envy them for all the criticism of the ownership and everything there uh, and it does seem like it's the owner who very much runs the show at that club um, there's no easy decisions at this case there's no obvious okay we have to like we have to do this and you know make this change and, and there's no one out there that you say okay that's the obvious firefighter who comes in you know and within the staff it's a risk you know it's a risk to step forward you want to be associated with that so la, 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 uh, whatever about the mistakes that have been made and it seems like there's a lot of them have been made and obviously there was that attempt to get Kevin Doherty as well it's not it's it's, it's a difficult equation for them last thing there's a, there's a real problem with the system at the moment in terms of the professionalism where it's going Um and this is a very honest question. Watford, United, fair enough. Watford, FC, we'll fair enough. Do Cove, Wexford, or at loan genuinely want to get promoted? <clears throat> well, let's say from the, from the perspective on the ambition of the people involved, they mm. would, yeah. But then what happens? So, like, but then they probably get so, relegated. Yeah, so the, the, <laughs> like, the model, the, they're completely... I'd say everyone else is like buzzing, like, you know, because mm. then it means you're, you're a very good chance of being safe. And that's the thing. Like, well, Wexford obviously have, have invested a bit more, it seems, this year. Um, I'm not sure they're not doing those wrestling uh, walkouts before every game. I see there's only a limited scope in the budget for mm. that. Um, Cove, a bit more. Athlone, well, I mean, who bloody knows? I can't imagine the FBI want that loan to get promoted. People might ask more questions about all their their players. Um, but uh, do they want to? No, I can't, well, if, you, if you don't want to get promoted, then like, what is the point of anything? Um, I, I'd say they'd probably, like the, like, the, like the players and the staff involved will all want to get promoted because it's, It'd be bloody brilliant for all of them. It's not up to them to think about the bigger picture of how it affects the league. Would they it's come, not even the league. Would they come straight back down? Well, they likely would. Mm. But I mean, it's it's. I don't think it's a case that it's not. You, you, yeah, you're right. You're not going like Luton coming up and getting like ninety million, and it means if you go back down, it's fine. You've suddenly got like and you know parachute money and stuff. I get that. So but the draw to take over is going to likely take yeah, place, right? So say they need to get through the FEI. Through the yeah. FEI. So and anecdotally, it sounds like it's a really good idea for draw if they get through. But say it, it say it does happen, and obviously going either have gone up. So. It's going to be very, very hard for a part-time team. None of these teams can suddenly f- turn full-time, realistically. Well, who knows, well, who knows with the Atlone lads? I mean, Except I'm not, Atlone. I'm not sure. Are they Maybe all they already are. Visas? Who yeah, knows? Terrorist like, visas. But, um, <laughs> Jesus. Um, Atlone, to be clear, Atlone, to, Atlone to, to clarify, it's tourist, tourist. That's the joke. But anyway, Atlone are, are likely to. But the, the just this difference now, when you're on about Luton and the parachute the difference of the, the majority sort of like and I when I say part time, these a lot of these lads, it's the lads in Cove are on expenses practically, and yeah, do you know there's no money in the league, so okay, it's all all well and good getting promoted, but what happens then? Like, so how do we narrow that gap between the likes of say Cove and, and the way the playoffs are? I I don't know what's going to happen. Say if Cove go up, okay, how do we now adjust with no prize money basically to playing in the Premier? League? No, I know, it's not I mean, straightforward. It's, it's not straightforward at all, but I don't like you have to strive for something you know mm. players probably have individual incentives and bonuses and and whatever and you you deal with it tomorrow you know it's still a good problem to have um i i, I don't think they're facing financial ruination mm. like the reality is you might end up just deciding okay we'll push about a little bit more because we're going to get more traveling fans um and we just see how we go you know and, and you have to exist for something or you know maybe if you got promoted suddenly these investors that are knocking around might suddenly start to look at you and, and hope that it's transformative you have to 
you have to take the chance. But I, I conversely, I, if Watford miss out again, they'd be like, Jesus. I, feel, I do feel like though, and I, okay, I haven't. I've actually watched more First Division this year than I have mm. in previous years, just with LOI TV. Like I've just the odd Saturday night watching Longford games and stuff. I I feel, um, I feel like the two legged nature of the First Division element of those games. I I still feel like Waterford will will, will get through that. Mm. I, do you, I, do you I, think so? I wouldn't be confident. I can understand yeah. why you wouldn't be confident, yeah. but I feel like when it comes to it, and I do still feel that it's a club that's had, like you're talking. I, about and I do City, still feel yeah. that if if it's Cork City as well, like I mean, Keating is is one of the best players in the league. Like the reality is, they're probably going to not be. Sometimes you have the hangover of of, of missing out the week before or getting through the playoffs the week yeah. before. Yeah. they're going to be done True. from week or two out. So they're going to have a long build up. Like obviously to get to the cup final, that becomes another weird complication. And but I think I I, I still feel like. Cork or Waterford will emerge from that process. But I think it's a valid point to ask. Now let's go to the mailbag. Hey, what's the time? It's mailbag time. A big bag of electronic letters. Mailbag, there we go. I was sending out some of our uh, collar and cuff vouchers to mailbag winners yesterday. Um, so hopefully nice. we're, we're up to date with all of those. If you, if you didn't get yeah. one, get in touch. Um, and the same goes for um, the Rascals prize as well, because I can be a bit sloppy on like, oh, you really? won the prize. Really? Um, but we'll, yeah. get, we'll, get, we'll, get to, we'll get to Rascals uh, later on as well. Dan, um, you suggested weeks ago that UCD had one big win before the end of the season. Now, this is the key mailbag point this week. This is Terra Belgium. He sent this... Uh, at 7.43pm last Friday last Friday I mean mailbag we, we often put out the mailbag shout but I think you deserve a bit of credit for like back to the future you know for sort of predicting the future it's not after timing this is this is like you saw this coming 7.43 Dan you suggested weeks ago that you still had one big win before the end of the season any odds in it being tonight if it happens 100% guaranteed at Derry lose and Sligo now, you gotta, you gotta UC, win the prize you see didn't win yeah. but they still they, I mean, they, they effectively did um, and uh, they, they, they went and, and they, they won they, they, they unfortunately they did what we thought they might and Derry did what a lot of people suspected they might and I just thought for the uh, the mailbag prize we'd give it to, to Ter Lots of refing messages Sligo Derry etc Dan um, one of the um, people we went to uh, Rascals with uh, was pointing out to me that it was definitely a handball for the Sligo goal uh, against Derry I saw the replay for that uh, yeah yeah but I, I mean I don't I, I, I understand don't, I don't see that clear call okay, we don't I, have VAR in the first, first of all I said lots of refing because we can't look, we're not doing more refing messages but I take your point to everyone I understand the anger we, we, we know the standards are not good enough right they're not but like mistakes are happening, we don't have an obvious replacement. We can talk around about solutions. I I did see the point. Like I, I included Gav Hughes ones about um, our assistant referees. Ones called linesmen. Are they really assisting the referees? Bar corners. Brian Coley as well. They, I'll get back to that one. Um, yeah. Question is: Are they not allowed to intervene when the ref has missed something? Never seem to see it. Now I do mm. think that the, the linesmen or assistants and and fourth officials are involved in decisions, but. You do feel like sometimes you'd, it's all on the ref. You'd like them to be dug out. I did the the Sligo one is difficult because Sligo Rovers one is difficult because the angle, like you you would you see that, but I can understand from where the lines man and where the ref might be, it could be harder to see. But it's but I mean like they are big decisions in the kind like these are like title race like defining decisions, and it's not great that we're going there. Like Ryan Coley, Derry have lost eight points from clear and obvious refereeing decisions, uh, six of them against Sligo Rovers now. People will point out, you know, penalties given in Derry at times, and and it'll it'll all come round. But it's frustrating that we're in this place talking about them. Um, but we don't have an obvious like. It's not as if there's a sort of a load of great referees that are being 
you know, are in the second and third division and, and of, of our levels here of our pyramid who can't get into it. I think anyone who comes along with ability would probably be promoted. You know, so the, the Chris, yeah, I I know there are some issues, um, you know, among the referees as to the hierarchy and, and all that. But the Chris Forrester one now for me, um. It's, it's it's obviously a big decision, but I like. Do you see the the draw the player, the draw the player who like put his hands over his face like it was someone who was just after watching like their I don't know watching their dinner plate fall on the floor. You don't want like, that. They yeah. need to work on their like uh, their their innocent face. I, I need to figure out who the, who the draw the player was, but it was just very much anguish. Oh no, I can't believe I've done this, and then gets away with it. Um, I, I mean, admire the honesty. Argue, you could argue that they thought that the penalty had been given or in some ways, and they were trying to you know the. the uh, maybe they, they saw the whistle and assumed and they were already getting into anguished mode before they realised they'd gotten away with it. Who was ref at that game, sorry? I um, think it was David Dunn. Yeah, yeah so David, David Dunn. Dunn. So, yeah. We're not, we're Johnny, we're, 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 no, we're going here. The no. one thing about a decision like that, though, is you, you can't book Chris Forrester unless you're sure he's done one. And he, like, that was never sure. I mean, for me, it's a blatant penalty. But Chris Forrester, that, that, and then Pat's end up getting two players sent off, which actually, Dan, is interesting as well, because two Pat's sending offs is almost kind of symptomatic of where they're at at the moment. It's crazy stuff. Or really. two yellows, yeah. I just, I like Pat's is the thing. I just, at certain times this season, some of the bigger players for Pat's. Sorry, we, we haven't have mentioned, completely in and out. We haven't even mentioned Dale Rooney. What a goal. Yeah. And well, I mean, Johnny, if you read the mailbag in advance, you'd know that it's all coming. With the fact that we haven't mentioned it at all, very, very Can briefly. Can I just do the mail back as I've ordered it out? Very, very briefly. Reminds me of the last time I saw Bowes go United in Terryland because it was a similar goal from one of the assistant managers in the league, left-footed player at top bins from the exact same on the volley, Larkin, Larkin Fitzgerald. Fitzgerald. Like yeah. literally the exact same goal. I think goal. you actually mentioned it to him on the podcast. I before. did. I mean, this podcast is just a series of the same points being repeated across the seven to eight year window. Over and over and over. Uh, uh, did I ever tell you the story about... The answer is probably yes. The answer is probably yes. Uh, Shell's complaints. Now, both <laughs> Shell's on Monday. We have a lot of these. Uh, don't jump in, Johnny, because I feel like you might. Uh, Greg, should Conor Cairns be asked to give up laces and use Velcro straps in his boots? That's, Tom, that'd be a candidate for... Tom, no, we've... I know that. I liked Greg, if you'd predicted it before the game that this would happen, you would have got you would have got the voucher. Uh, Tom Dygdon, I listened to last week's episode while waiting, waiting for Conor Cairns to take a kick out. Actually, another, that's another another <laughs> You just can't give it to everyone. Brian Reddy, not so much a question as a statement. Shells have really leaned into the dark arts, haven't they? We have a lot of this. Colin Maureen, Shells players lying down feigning serious injury was disgraceful on a scale I've never seen. Several players seem to lie down to stop play. They seem to be under instructions to lie as if unconscious, could have serious consequences, touch of crying wolf. Um, it happened a lot. It did, and then and we had a until, couple, they, until they equalised. We had a couple of late and ones. Like we had a couple of late ones this morning from various people making this point. Now I, I did people say, should you limit the number of times a physio can go on the pitch, like tennis challenges or something? Like no, you can't do that. Like clearly, right? Uh, I'm going to follow up. Neil Cunningham, you know, does Duff deserve Vander's season? Shells recruit some firepower front to good challenge. That's the counterpoint. Shane Kennedy is Duffer stuck with the negative football. Label due to the five three two with per players initially. Moylan's goal is a well worked training ground goal. We've played four four two in recent months with no striker. Played Pat's Sligo way off the park. I don't think we'll Duffer will care anyway. Like I, I mean, I saw shells against Pat's recently and they were excellent. I thought they were really good for the ninety, but they were chasing, I suppose, for parts of that game. I did. I do feel there's a couple of games this season where they've got ahead and then they've reverted. Um, and they haven't been able to see it out. And I can understand why Bose fans who, like one of those games would have been 
they were one up against Bowes in July and they sort of switched to back five and they sort of they, they, they actually haven't managed the games out particularly well. I don't think they were able to, to be honest, with the players. They couldn't they couldn't get on the ball at all. So it wasn't the, Buckley, the case... Yeah, the Bucky you, thing you, happened. You, yeah, Buckley switched into midfield um, and you could say, oh, well, shells were negative. I don't think they had any control in the second half. I don't think they were... I think Bose deserves some credit. Shells actually weren't good enough, in my view, to maintain the intensity of the first half. They pressed quite high. They weren't able, in my yeah, view. Yeah, no, I think, I think yeah, I, I can see your point. Even at one all, they did and nothing. both deserve credit. Like, both a lot of times this year are a good second half team. Mm. I think they must be... Really, Booed off by a section of the crowd They must be time. really frustrating because they have great options on the bench, like, that they can mix it up and do different things and, you know, switch Ali Coote's side and you can bring on McDade or whoever it is. Like, you know, I do think they have a very good chance... I I I've, I think if Bowes get through Galway, I, I could see them in the Aviva doing well, like Dylan Connolly, like all these options they can have. You know, James Clark's running power, Afalabi, like they finish games strongly for a reason, yeah. but they obviously start a lot of them very poorly. And like Shells, to me, you know, if the season went on for another series of games, another 11, like another, sorry, another nine fixtures, like that Shells, Pats, Bowes, Dundalk League table, like I think Shells are probably the team that's improving the most yeah I must admit that on Monday they regressed and I understand in the second half and I can understand why it would be frustrating to people but I mean like that's managed like that's that's attempted game management like if you do it it's very effective and your team loves you the fact is it just wasn't effective for them you know to do and David Duff very critical afterwards of some players and um you know talking about maybe standards and demands and I, I thought they like I think they've been good generally recently well he didn't he, when you say some I'm not players, sure they were great against Cork yeah. but, but they, they generally they've been trending in a very positive direction recently and the second half of Monday would be poor but I wouldn't be shocked trending in a very positive direction I, I just shot myself there I will, I mean, um, there you go th- what was the World Cup where it was brought in that if you're injured you're brought off the pitch to allow play to continue not you know so basically the player injured is brought off you resume play and then when, when the ball goes out of play, bring him back on so there's none of this time waste nonsense. And then it just became a thing where let's stop the play, bring him off the pitch, bring him back on sort of nonsense. There was so much of a delay here that the Bowes fans, you could tell, were really pissed off about it. And it did disrupt the spectacle as well. Yeah. So, I don't know. Um, but to me, you, you you wrote about this in Independent. Duff's comments were very interesting afterwards. He was like, um, he didn't name a player, but he said, like, more or less, the players know the word demands won't be around next season. Time. Yeah, the word demands um, was a lot of But for a Monday night, the crowds in, in Inchcore and... Oh, very good. And, yeah, that's um, not even a talking point anymore. I mean, yeah. this is the thing, like, you know, the, has there been outstanding teams' performances across the season? The story of the season, in some ways, has been the energy around the stadiums and the attendances as opposed to the... Can I, can I very briefly, Dan, mention how much I enjoyed the Bose programme and love cover as well um, in honour of the guy who sold the match tickets at halftime um, late Bowes fan who passed away and brilliant programme I know it was a double edition um, but I really enjoyed it and I, I, I was reflecting on reading it sort of on the train yesterday that um, you know there are going to be a lot of match programmes that are probably going to go out of business in the next while because it's not sustainable anymore Joe Carr sorry Joe for I, um, for only getting your name now with lovely cover a true bohemian and um, there's still a great vibe around the place Dan still a great vibe and I enjoyed the match programme immensely because I know that um, match programmes are kind of 
kind of going out they're on the way out I think yeah. sadly um, yeah, I mean, yeah, let's, I'm just you're, you're so upbeat um, fella but I'd love to think Divine Do you Spencer, disagree? Um, well I mean but you know sometimes I mean I work in the print industry Johnny that's my life do you think in my it's not really a print do, industry well, anymore, yeah though. but you know what I mean like mm. I, I, in my recreational time I don't need extra misery from misery man over here like do you know what I mean it's I just was just like, praising the match program like, I know no, I accept that but then it's, it's all in the context of because of course this is it it's like oh romantic Ireland's dead and gone you know this is just like you, you do occasionally just send me like lines of poetry and they're generally I will say miserable passages as well <laughs> you're like can I find the most miserable pa-? like, like and it could be just I saw the Bose poet the other night <laughs> in the sand actually you're like oh, I've got some <laughs> I'd be like oh no not this fella I've got some good ones for you we're all dead we're all screwed we're all gonna die you know but anyway you know and keep going keep going yeah uh, I'd love to think Divine Switch Bucko McDonald this fell up but it was a master stroke but I fear it was more to do with McDonald injury in yellow I don't know Divine did say afterwards that he wants to play Buckley in the centre midfield all the time but he doesn't feel like uh, they're ready in other positions to deal with that is the, is the right back not ready yet I can imagine um, Galway would fancy playing uh, Buckley and Flores at full backs in terms of uh, popping balls Towards them and challenging them. The I difference they, Buckley made in midfield, and I know they won it up, but unbelievable. Jason, Keith Long was in stand last night. Are Bows any better off with Divine? I, I see these points, but and, and look, I think the thing with Keith Long is that he'd been there a long time. So, like, there's no doubt that, pardon the pun, but like, you know, clearly, like, they, they hit a very high ceiling when Long was there. Um, but there comes a point where. You know things just change, you know, and it's. But I, I understand where you just say they were up and at them in the second up half. Up and at them, yeah, yeah. having that one. Evan H, how bad was Bose B? He says if they're below football terrorists in quotes <laughs> like shells in the table. I mean, yeah, I mean they are ahead of them shells. I I, mean, I think right now Pat Bose Dundalk. Um, shells I honestly don't think I think a, and people say they're not consistent enough they're not consistent enough because they're all much for muchness in my view well, like Bows, Bows were way better in the second half than Shells I was like Jesus this is a really I have to laud Shells for a second half they barely did a sniff but that's what, yeah but again though the, the game in Talca the league game in Talca Shells were the better side for a large part and I felt they were a better side of money it's just mm. like I might as well skip the, the one up top podcast actually asked us I was going to do this later but what do you expect the points total to qualify for Europe will be Jesus which is a good question um, and I looked at this last night. Like uh, I'm taking it that he, you know, did they mean like third third place at the moment? Because fourth is up in the air with the cup. Now at the moment, Pats have 53 points. They have five games left. That includes Cork away on Friday, Sligo Rovers at home, uh, and I think they play Bowes Rovers and Derry in their other game. So like I was looking at it thinking that if someone got to 62 points, they'd be 100 percent certain to be third. 100%. And Pats are in 53 at the moment for by, me. By extension. There'll be three wins out of five games yeah. for Pats, I think. But I honestly think the way things, like Bowes v Pats is a key game. Like mm. Bowes, as it happens, they have a slightly easier uh, running. Like they have UCD and they play Cork at home on the last day of the season. At which point Cork are definitely going to be prepping for a playoff and are not going to be putting much into that game. So, like, I think, that, so I think Bowes at the moment, you can, you can give them six possibly from where they are and then they've got Sligo. Bowes Pats is a huge game. Dundalk Bowes is a huge game. Shells Dundalk is a huge game. There's there's like a couple of meetings between those sides. But I honestly think that the teams at the moment, if they can get to probably 60-61, if your target is to get to 60-61, I think you have a very good chance of being third. By extinction, 
by extinction. Like, you can't extinction. even you, you can't even do by extension. You just jump naturally to, to the worst case scenario. Um, extension, extension rebellion. Shamrock Rovers have played UCD. Johnny, Jimmy McGuire, Jimmy McGee was the memory man, <laughs> and you are the misery man. <laughs> Shamrock Rovers have played UCD four times, right? And UCD have obviously, you know, fallen off a cliff this year. Shamrock Rovers have 59 points from 31 games. It's so low, Dan. Like, so low. And that feeds in with, this is not a great league this year, um, even though it looks like they're going to win it. What else do we have? Um, yeah, well, there we go. I mean, there's a... And the one up top also is, who gets player of the season as it stands? Can't think of anyone from game one, 31. I did have this discussion with someone last night. If the season stopped in April be Jack Byrne, Ferugia, definitely. Um, if Ferugia finished the season strongly, could he end up in the discussion? Maybe, but he's like he's missed so many games. Mm. Jack Moylan's been very good. He's improved. Some people have said that to me. I know Damon Duff said it himself, but a, a neutral observer was saying to me about Moylan, I think Rory Keating in the, in the circumstances and playing for a very poor side is, could still end up top scorer. Afalabi probably in the discussion. Forrester would be mentioned. I think Forrester's been very in and, in and out. out. But mm, I, yeah. I mean, top scorer for midfield, Joe Redmond. But again, it's maybe on on account of what happened when he was absent, as opposed to like the volume. I, I think it's difficult. Derry. I've got like headphones like, on, but I can hear how loud the rain is. It's well, quite well, funny. Yeah. Well, I mean, just, um, can you stop thinking about it, the rain? It, it, it's hard not to. Can you stop thinking about the rain? We're trying to record a podcast the, and you're thinking about the rain. It's raining men, right? So, only listen, Dan, I think we will agree on this. Is anyone close to Kevin Dart for manager of season? In my view, no. Absolutely not. I think Kev wins this in a hack canter the only one you'd say actually no that's it he just wins if Shell's finished third I think Duffer no. will get a shout I think you will get a shout yeah you're, 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 you're too kind on Duffer what they lost a million quid last year it's not like their budget is tiny like so they're 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 a decent team at the moment I think you're I think you have a real soft spot for Damien Duff I'm, I, gonna, I'm not gonna lie no but I, I t- sorry my, I'll explain it like they're, they're actually, out of the cup and they may not make Europe yeah but they've conceded fewer goals like, last five games to be conceded fair. yeah like very well organized. Genuinely, and I Dark think that arts. their squad, their squad is not, in particular, like Wood and Jarvis now have added to their squad, but they Big didn't time. have them for the first five, six months of the season. So I think they've done very well. I genuinely think they've done very well. And also, like some of their better players are players that have improved while they are there, which is a, which is a sort of a crucial point. You, you can't be suggesting Kev Doherty doesn't win this in a canter. Like. No, I think Kev Doherty's had an incredible season. I think, I yeah. think, and I think, See, well, the fact is that the only manager of the year award that really exists is the one at the uh, the, the the PFE Ireland do one. You know, I'm not sure he did other managers vote for that or not. Like that's the only manager of the year award. Sometimes people talk about awards, and then these awards actually don't exist in the league. They're thinking <laughs> yeah. of like other leagues. Yeah. So it's like, who's going to win this notional <laughs> award? It's like, which one are you talking about? But um, yeah, Cotsy Casey. Ready and primed to go to the pod awards, but Johnny, happy to turn it into a three-day bender. Well, Cotsy, what I will say is, Johnny went for a drink on Saturday. and First in a month. It's the first in a month, and like the misery man strikes again, because on Monday, on Monday night, you you were at the uh, the Bowes game, going around the place, like, as I said to someone, you'd come back from war, Everyone else in your battalion had died. That's not a bad and you, and you and you were the last surviving person, man. Like Saturday, you know, oh, God, it was incredible. Like you know, we were entertaining someone at the game on Monday. You could barely talk, you know, and then you were in afterwards. You were distracted. You couldn't look. I guess what I'm saying is, Cotsy, 
Johnny won't be able to do a three-day bender. I can't do a one-day bender. Anymore. And if he does a one-day bender, it'll be three days of misery afterwards. Yeah. Which will probably be there, a, bi- a bigger grueler than the actual bender itself there, for, for people around there is a, there is a moral. Per Zoe, I there say. There is a moral to that story. What else have we got? Uh, Dan Byrne, did a public order really need to be, you know, need, really need to be in attendance for a few hundred Cork City fans? I take that point. There was though an issue with a Shells Cork City game a couple of years back, wasn't there? Around the ground. It's, it's gone back a while. So I can see how a game could be marked as a category on that basis. I, I, I agree with the optics of it. It seems excessive, but if a game has had a history of something in recent times, maybe it's, I don't know, it's overcautious. Tom Stafford, as you mentioned, Cove bottomed third in one year under Shane Keegan. Why is anyone talking about it? Well, we are at the moment. Fantastic an job, incredible job. Um, Cork City, Dan Casey, Cork City, that's all. Yeah, Cork are the first team to fight their own fans twice in a season. Haley V. Bowes and now Coleman. Small are Cork having a terrible season or second from bottom expected. So the one thing about, about Cork City is... They, you could, are, they could play Cove in the playoffs. They, they, are, they, are the team, they are the team who've come up last year like I do think that the teams in the middle of the league this year have probably taken a step forward like Drada are better like mm. Shells have taken a step forward so they maybe for like a promoted team you know Slag Rovers have probably fallen back a little bit like maybe expecting them to just automatically be like fifth or sixth it probably is unrealistic but it's the manner in which they've ended up where they are mm. some of these abject defeats but I understand the point that on paper where should, like are are, this, are these a drastically underperforming team who should be seven no. or eight, or is it because the status of the club and the fan base and this and the recent the double win, but actually relative to where they should be, maybe you can argue that that ninth is where they should be in yeah. the table. Yeah, um, disagree. So, so Demar Cork mess will be a good time to roll the dice for manager Benz, but can they can't even do that question mark? Well, this is the thing they might be able to do it internally from within the club, but we'll see if this set out. Stephen Doody had a point generally: is this the most underperforming league there's been as a Shells fan? It's probably a terrible indictment of other clubs who are in such a good chance of qualifying for Europe with so many quality players in the league. Is it a coaching managing issue? Main point point everyone seems to make around Shells is how well coached we are, which is this is this is probably where I'm mentioning the Duff thing in terms of structure. It is strange. Are the likes of Rovers, Derry, etc. Well, Europe was disappointing. Derry did pretty well, right? Derry Derry did very well. Derry tactically were good in Europe. Yeah, Derry did well. Europe otherwise was very disappointing, let's be honest. And now we're coming to the end of the season where our would-be champions have a really, really poor points race. Um, Derry City just haven't been able to capitalise at all. And then you have this much-for-muchness where Dundalk could still make Europe. um, And Shamrock Rovers, despite having played UCD four times, 59 points. Yeah, it's, it's a strange one for it's me. Strange. I, I think, I think it, it's anticlimactic at the moment. Teams in the yeah, but I listen. I mean, again, misery, man. I'm not surprised you. No, that way. no. I, I, I understand the anticlimax, but I do think that we still are going to have a very good inter- like the run in interesting the race for sort of third in particular. Like these are games are real meaning. Like in our league, you're not like now. Like we're in the Premier League, we're the top four, the Champions League doesn't matter. Like if you're Chelsea, you still spend a billion if you miss out. In our league, it's very significant mm. getting into Europe. And on misery, and on, on, on the misery watch, right? What's your um, FEI Cup final concern in terms of a crowd at the moment? So, so why am I approaching it from the issue of concern? So if, say, somebody asked me this at actually Friday, what would Galway United bring to a cup final? And I was like, I have absolutely no idea because like our crowds are, say, high of 4,000 at a game. And we, it's not like we have a massive kind of floating... So it's an it's an I, interesting I'm, one. I, Joe, I'm going to approach it from the perspective of let's just see who's in the cup final mm. and see. I think there's potential, but all the combinations. I think like you know, probably there's Cork and Galway. Both could they get to eight, ten, twelve thousand traveling? Yeah, yeah. So if well, you, so if there was the two of them together, you're looking at a lot. You need a lot of locals. I think Bows and Pats, either of them. 
I think Pats now in particular would bring more than we might have expected previously. So, like, you know, Bo's Pats final crowd-wise would be terrific, but it would, yeah. it would be terrific. So I don't understand why you'd approach that, but I mean, I just have to, Mr. Half Glass Empty, you're, people don't actually don't Mr. see. Mr. Half Johnny, Glass Empty. Johnny is surrounded by a load of half-empty glasses. I think some of them are half full. Some are half now on Saturday. Well, they're more than half full after that rain. So <laughs> I think, on, I think on, on Saturday they were they were empty. As you, as you pointed <laughs> great, out, great points in uh, Peter's Pub and Rascals um, were had. Must be said. Yeah, and yeah. we went somewhere else afterwards. But yeah, you don't even remember. <laughs> and, I mean, this is unbelievable. And the following day, never go off. More questions, more questions <laughs> than answers. Which I, did we? Oh him? man, did we go there? Complete. Did you text anyone? You probably did. I uh, know you did. There we go. If you're in the League of Ireland and you haven't got a message from Johnny on a Saturday night when you're at home and he's out, he must have been very who, boring who, company. Who, who are you? Um, we Couple of call questions at the end, Dan. Let me just run on. Sean McCann and others asked the general in the bow shells, what was the rule in playing with a medical emergency in the stand? Harvey eventually stopped the game. Uh, I think it was never ending with this message. Then went back playing. Mm. If Bowes had scored, but the lad being treated, it could have been much worse. We had a lot of complaints and comments about this. I did actually ask some questions about this uh, to, the, to, to the FAI as well. I don't think it was just the referee decision. I think the club were involved in it as well. I think a lot of people were... Uh, we're all very anti-referees um, but I think it was a collective decision it was close to half time thankfully the young lad is okay but it wasn't a solo run of someone going on we're playing on here no matter what the ref does have the final say but I think they were working off consultation from people closer to the incident well, it was my recollection that Shells put the ball out of play um, and Damien Duff was kind of pointing out that there was an emergency that oh, was I, 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 I don't know but like again you it, were it was, it was you strange were, to watch you, I, I, you were completely in your zone so I, no I mean, well I was looking over and I, I think and then you, everyone in the Stan was like watching is this yeah, okay yeah, I know, I know, but thankfully he was okay but yeah. I, I just don't think it's the it's the outrage that people thought I think yeah. it, was, it was more of a collective decision rather than the ref just going ah barrel on with it it wasn't it wasn't that uh, Andy Mull how likely is there to be an exodus of players from Shamrock Rovers at the end of the season I'm told there's a lot of players under contract so I, I mean I think there'd be a candidate for a couple of candidates for but they're under contract so um, I think Gaffney is not done Jack Byrne uh, obviously Manus What's Gaffney's contract uh, is he his contract is up yeah, so he's obviously a candidate for Galway United in theory. In theory. Think, oh, yeah. I'd say, I'd say yeah. it's one or the other, I'd say. But yeah. I don't know if that's moved on the last couple of weeks, but that's definitely... But a lot of the other ones are tied down. And I may be missing a couple, but but not too many. Um, Drag United's goal of the season competition. Yeah, Dave makes the point. Dale Rooney as well. I mean, the goal... Kyle the team, Robinson the team, the team move in Tala. I, I take... I, I take Monday's goal over Kyle Robinson's every yeah. day. I'm still convinced Kyle Robinson took a little clip. Um... Joseph Brown, will the playoff final be in Dublin in the end of an all-monster tie? I'll, I should ask some questions about that. I'd assume neutral venue, but the options aren't terrific. Like, you, the market's feel is sort of dirty its bib last year. Um, Oriel Express will be quite funny if Dundalk finished above the resurgent Bows and Dundalk's dubbed worst season ever. If Dundalk, if Dundalk beat Bows at home, I think Bows said have quite have the easier run in, but like, there's some key games there that are going mm. to swing it. Um, couple of interesting what areas do Galway here. need to improve in for next season and what price does Johnny think Bowes would be in Galway higher than the dock at 7 to 5 um, that, that, that is a good question um, I think what with the win that Galway United had against Dundalk that will obviously colour the prices Dundalk were heavy favourites but they were hockeyed so um, I think Bowes will be favourites but they wouldn't be heavy favourites um, the injuries that Galway United have now Manning out Lomboto looks like it's just changing their ability to change the game what areas are Galway United 
guys need to improve in for next season. Brendan Clark's 38, but he doesn't seem to have lost much of any of his ability. Um, good defence, but I, I did say this a few weeks ago, like, that squad, John Caulfield's going to make a lot of changes. He will, and he'll be con- conscious of that. That squad would still, um, the Premier Division next season with Resurge and Drogheda, would still... Yeah. Wouldn't, wouldn't be certain of big news lads if you're in Galway if you're in the dressing room you're celebrating don't enjoy it misery is coming no, you're, you're do you basically know I, do you know what I mean Ollie Horgan the, the great story about Ollie yeah. Horgan coming <laughs> into the dressing enjoy room enjoy it because you're going enjoy straight it, back lads, down you're going straight back down um, that is effectively you now you are basically morphing into Ollie Horgan it, this it, is you it, it, it is, it is a di- I always find that difficult though for a club like a great bunch that gets promoted right and then they're kind of thinking god am I going to be even be here next season I, I think John Coff will make will, make, will, will sign a lot of, but Galway Knight is a very attractive place for players now and he will definitely be looking for the likes of Gaffney some of those like ex like Galway lads come back I think Gaffney has a house in Tume it's always been said but he, he's coming home at some stage Gaffney next season that would that I would think be Rovers are, 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 made, are making efforts to keep him and who knows it could have moved on since Ron so I think mm. they, they've got a they've got a few cards to play there uh, let's go to the Aviva Stadium Gary O'Neill how are you all good all good thanks for asking has it been a frustrating season for you injury wise and so on um, not really for me no I had a, a little knock uh, just before when I came back from the mid-season break I had a little small grade one in my hamstring and missed uh, three or four games. Obviously, I was lucky enough to get back for the start of the European campaign. campaign but touch wood, uh, thankfully, it's been a injury-free one for me so far. What's it been like? So, like, Jack has been obviously out and now you're yourself and Poom developing a relationship there. Um, yeah, different, I suppose. A different kind of dynamic uh, without Jack in the team. It's, you know, when Jack is in the team, and I'm sure he'll, he'll admit, you know, he's obviously the, the main focal point for us to go through. Um, when he's not in the team, we obviously have to find other ways with with a lot of different players, with myself and Marcus, whether it be me and Dylan or Marcus and Dylan, and you obviously have Richie Graham, so I'm not sure you have options, obviously, but uh, a different kind of focus when he's not in the team, definitely. We were just chatting before before we've come on to you on the show today, and we're trying to analyse the league this year, which is very hard to analyse. You're in the midst of it, you're involved in it. Like, you dropped more points than people would have expected. Um, yeah, maybe some of the teams in the middle seem to have improved, but yet teams are dropping points around you. It's a very hard, like, how would you compare this season to your previous seasons yeah different definitely different um on my outlook on it and just this is just my opinion i think the teams around the bottom half have got a lot more competitive i think uh, you know obviously you see I've, I've got relegated and stuff like that but you see the other night we went to ucd and we struggled to break them down and over previous years they might have been a bit more open and, and expansive and it wasn't to be um and then obviously you look at our results against Cork. We've only beaten Cork once out of the three times we've played them, and Jada we haven't beaten yet out of the three times we've played them. We have them obviously next two after shells. So it's I think for in my outlook and just my experience of playing against these teams, I think they they've got tougher to play against them and uh, better to be honest. I think they have improved. But, but hang on now, Dan was saying this like your record against the good teams is very good. Like so, what it doesn't make sense. I just think that teams have made it very very difficult for us this year, and, and ultimately. It comes down to us. We haven't found a way to, to get over the line. Um, whether that be, you know, not creating chances or not taking chances, it's it's uh, obviously a, a, something that we have to look at. But uh, on my experience of this season, I think that the lower teams have, not the lower teams, the teams in the bottom half of the table have, have given us uh, a lot to think about. I suppose that means, I know people talk about complacency, like it's it's not going to exist. Like you have you have your own reasons to want to beat Drada and Cork, I guess, because you've had some bad memories with those teams. I know you want to win the league ultimately, but there's no danger of you lads surely being not prepared for those games when they come around. You've been warned by what's happened before. Absolutely, yeah, and I I don't think you'll ever watch uh, any of our games and think that uh, 
Rovers haven't showed up tonight in terms of an attitude-wise or a, a will to win. I don't think that will ever be a question with this group. But I think just this season, obviously, was, it's just come down to maybe just not taking our chances. And obviously, you see the other night against Ustadia, I watched them play against Derry uh, the week before and Derry scored early after two minutes and all of a sudden Ustadia had to come out and the game finishes 5-0. I think if we take a chance early against Ustadia on Friday night, I think the game could finish 4-5-0. I think that's how close it was to being a nil-all draw or being a 5 or 6 nil game, I think it was just taking our chance early. It's probably been the case for us a lot during the year. Um, but complacency, probably not. Um, you know, a lack of respect, definitely not. Well, I think it's just little fine margins of not taking our chances or, or creating chances. Mm. I do think of that season, actually, when you think about it, you kill Longford four times and injury time. You see, you see your old mate, sort of Liam Scales, various times. You think of players getting big goals. It's just, it's funny. I'm not, I'm not saying that mass something, but... You, you just had a great habit of those late goals then it doesn't happen and it's sort of there's a crisis element to it in, in some yeah. ways from outside yeah it's probably different in a way I remember we played Drada down there Danny Mandry scored a last minute header in the following week Sean Gannon scored a last minute winner against Longford and then all of a sudden you look at the table and it's looking a lot prettier it probably just hasn't felt for us that way this year in terms of uh, you know them kind of Cinderella type goals you know the, the, the movie script type goals but I mean, you're sitting here talking about the points that we've dropped and everything like that. We're still five points clear with five to go, so we're still in a you know a really really strong position. We know that we probably could be, you know, a good bit more up front, but I'm sure they're chasing back behind us or kicking themselves at, you know, a lack of points that they've dropped as well uh, over the last number of weeks. So, you know, we're in a, a good position now for the run. That's the last one for me. And that, like, how are you feeling coming down the road from Derry that night? Because that was, I mean, ten minutes to go in that game. Everyone outside, everyone watching at home is looking at their live score table and it's it's a point, yeah. you know. How were you feeling coming back the road? It was a great move leading up to that penalty, but was it, I don't know, what was the emotions like in the dressing room after that game? Uh, it was kind of, you know, it was a, a weird dressing room after. Obviously, you were very, very relieved to, to get a point, um, considering how poorly we played in the first half. I thought we we, did, we didn't really turn up in the first half there anywhere. Which we expected, we knew that you know the full house and the brandy well, how can be up there and a, a very, very good side. I thought uh, the first half they were well on top of us. Thought second half we handled the game a lot better and then ultimately we were probably a little bit disappointed to, to not come away with three points with the red card and didn't probably do enough to win the game at the end. But change them after was a little bit of disappointment because I think that we didn't really show up on the night and uh, relief, definitely relief to get out of there with a point because I thought it was you know, a massive point for us in the end. What does the year feel like in general? Because Europe was obviously a great disappointment. Yeah, it was a great disappointment uh, for us. It's been a weird, it's strange all year, to be honest. I think for everyone, you know, speak to any lads in there, it's talking to a few of the players and saying it's just been a strange year. You know, everyone just seems to be kind of, you know, whenever we seem to drop points on, we drew with UCD on Friday night and all of a sudden it's become the best best result of the weekend over the top three, which is just bizarre. Um, it's been a strange year. Obviously, Europe was a massive disappointment for us, obviously, because of last year we had a taste for it. And, Wanted to go one further, but just wasn't to be. Um, disappointing two legs against the, the Icelandic teams. Who were, obviously, they were a very, very good side, but I don't think we showed up over the two legs, to be honest. I think we deserved to go out. Um, and then, obviously, bowing out to Dundalk in the Cup, and at night we were really good as well, but couldn't take our chances. Uh, so it's left us with, you know, the carrot with the four in a row, and that's, you know, if we if we get the four in a row and uh, get on the podium again, it sure to be viewed as a successful season for us. We've just been in the Viva Stadium. It's that must be a bit frustrating that you went out so early. Yeah, definitely massive frustrating. It's something that I said when we won the league last year. I remember the next uh, I'd done an interview and I, I said that for me, I haven't done a double yet with Sean Grover, so it was a, you know a real big carry for me was to do a double. Uh, I'd love to, you know, haven't done one obviously in my career. I'd love to do it 
had probably my best day of my career here in 2019 and haven't been back here since. We were back in 2020, but I was unfortunately in the stands. I done my quad, uh, so I watched the lads and Dundalk beat them that night. Haven't been back since, uh, so you know it's a disappointment to go out with, especially the manner that we did. Um, but listen, can't do anything about it now. We just have to focus on what we can focus on and try to wrap up the, the four in a row. Just, uh, just standing here now, looking out at the south stand. Anytime you've been back here since for a game or anything, do you still have that moment? Can you still? Can you sort of retain that feeling? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I do. I do. To be fair, I uh, I actually had to go up and take the pictures for the for the cover just behind the goal. And I, while I was waiting, I was just looking out. You know, from that perspective, no, I'd never sat in that stand before to see. You know, what it was like from from behind. And every time my dad comes to watch an Ireland match or whatever, he'll always send me a picture of that goal, saying, you know, it means so much to him and, and my family and everything like that because it's you know, for a lifetime, obviously, memories. But um, yeah, great memory. Probably the best day of my career, to be fair. Mm. Yeah, we were talking about um, Rory Gaffney earlier on. Whatever about you going to Kerry now? I remember Rory Gaffney throwing Johnny Kenny under the bus earlier in the season. So can you throw Gaffney under the bus and just say he's going back to Galway next season? <laughs> I, can't, I can't say that for definite, anyway. Um, it's not rule, so it's like, don't, doesn't rule. He spends enough time there. <laughs> Anyone who buys a house in Johnny Bond, don't do yeah. um, He still have a bit to offer next season, wherever he's at. Oh, definitely, yeah. He's the, for me, he's the standout player in the division, to be honest. Uh, such a big difference maker for us when he when he's in the team when he's not in the team and you can see a huge difference that's no disrespect to anyone else I think just what he gives you is so different to anybody else in the country uh, a massive player for us and you know you look at the, the goal scorer uh, the standings this year he only has eight you know he's the same with the Freddie Draper who left the league in June um, so he's probably not too happy with that but the rest of the stuff that he gives us is just unbelievable it's so unselfish and I think that's why he won the player of the year in the league last year because I don't think anyone likes playing against him Cheers Gentlemen, Thanks, guys. top man, guys. David Colley, um, actually, we're talking to Gary O'Neill about his Aviva Stadium memories. What does the stadium mean to you? What do you think about when you're here? <laughs> I suppose we won it in 2013. Yeah. Which is a long time ago now. Um, but you know what? After you win it once, you always think you'll get another chance. So, look, still holding on to that dream that maybe next year we can get here. How are things going? So, I mean, it's been, look, it's been a challenging year. There's no way of, of sugarcoating it. Um, Clearly, you're coming here in good spirits because you've had the big win last week. I mean, what what has the last two weeks done for the general mood around the club, the atmosphere? Ah, uh, yeah, it's definitely changed the mood. But look, that happens. You know, after you lose a game and you're down around the bottom, you know, it's like a knock-on effect, and everyone's turning up moody, and nobody wants to lose. You know, and you know, as I say, it's happened too much this year. And the last few weeks, when we lo- actually when we lost to the Cork, there was a couple of weekends there where we didn't have a game. You know. It's nothing worse because you can't fix what just happened. Um, but look, we, we came together. We had a bit of a, a training camp, and you know, so we, we fixed it out on the on the training pitch and a few words in the dressing room. And look, we went into the UCD game there a couple of weeks ago in a different mindset. Of everyone knew what you know, everyone knew what was what the three points meant. And thankfully, we went out there. We we dominated. We started the game quick, and won the game. But then that went into the Derry game. Thankfully, it rolled on to the Derry game, and uh, you know it was, it was a different game of football. We knew Derry'd have a good bit of the football, so we had to frustrate them, which we did. And you know we created our own chances, and thankfully we went on and, and won the game, and we kept clean sheets back to back, which we haven't really done this year at all. There are certain clubs in Ireland where that you've had time playing in Dublin, and you can have a bad run, but you can slip around the place unnoticed, and you know probably Sligo, Dundalk, you know Derry. There's a few places where. You can't escape it, and I suppose that's the part of it. Like you're losing on a on a Friday, but the lads are walking around 
you know, town on Saturday, Sunday, you, you'll be reminded. You know, it's, it's it's challenging when you're having a bad run. 100%, yeah. Um, I'm still living at home. and you know, I'm not at home, but I'm living in my own house in Balna, which is, what, 50 minutes away from Sligo. And we'd have big supporters coming from, from Balna in Mayo down the road to watch us, you know. And I, I'd be thinking, you know, when you lose a game or two, you keep the head low, you know. But for the lads, the rest of my teammates are all living within Sligo town, like... You and it's small. And it is small, yeah. And like you wouldn't be long reminded if you were out having a few drinks on a Saturday night after losing a game of football or a few games in a row or something like that. So look, it's a learning curve for for them lads as well. But look, that's that's the way I am. I keep the I keep the head down and you know, when we do get a big win or, you know, if we're on a good bit of farm then then I can finally bring the family out of the house or <laughs> for a meal. But no, that's just the way it is in small towns like, with, uh, like ourselves. We were speculating a bit that the loss of players would have affected you a bit mentally, but obviously Mata was so many goals. Does, does that affect the squad where it was at that point in the season as well where I guess your European ambitions had kind of gone? Yeah, look, Ma- losing Max is huge. Um, it has not just his goals, everyone obviously sees the goals, um, but his overall work rate was unbelievable for, for the whole team. Like He led he led the line on him by himself up there. And his hold-up play... Um, his hold-up play was unbelievable for midfielders. You know, he drag you up the pitch by just him holding the ball up and holding off centre-halves. Um, but look, we, we, obviously you can't stand these lads away. He's a, he's an international player. He's so young. I think he's only I think he's 22 still. like so. um, But again, losing the goals as well. So it does, it does take an effect. Um, and we had to bring in Pedro, who is new to the league. Hasn't played. I don't think he played since, since May gone. So... You know, he needed time to get up and running. And, you know, Pedro's getting there as well. He just, he's just missing that goal. But his work rate the last few weeks has been unbelievable. And, you know, and that's a sad one. What do you make of John Russell? Because he was very honest about the pressure on him uh, before the UCD game in a, in a local podcast, I think. And there's a lot of reactionary stuff as well to managers this year, like where Stephen O'Donnell would say, like, it's people react to results. But I guess it's been tough for him. Of course it has, yeah. Look, he's he's been around the league long enough to, to see what happens when you lose a few games, especially at Sligo. Um, as we say, it's a small town, you know, that you're going to hear the noise. Um, but look, I've sat back, I've watched the man who's worked so hard in the training pitch, you know, it's just it's just been unfortunate. The results weren't going the way that the work put in was shown, you know. Um, but look, we, we, we had, a, as I say, we had a couple of weeks off, not off, but no fixtures, where uh, we came together, a few words I said, this is the situation, lads, this is what we're doing, you need to get start getting points on the board now, and, you know, it's... It, in fairness, it was him. He led it, and uh, you know we've had back-to-back wins now, and we're in, we're in a better position. But again, we want to we want a bit more from uh, before the season ends. What's it like for you, like the, your role and responsibility when the group? Because you see players come and go from outside the club of Brighton. Some players that haven't worked, they've gone quite quickly. Sometimes you know the lads that were there, you can be taken for granted in a sort of a certain way. Like you're, you're, you actually feel it. Some players come and go, and they're gone. Like you probably carry some of those defeats home with you. In a, in, a, in a way that maybe I don't know it might hurt some people who've just come and gone and left the club very quickly yeah look that, that's, that's just it that's, that's just me being around so long at the club and you know as I say I, I'm from down the road and with plenty of supporters coming up and down so it's, it's day to day with me and you know yeah probably do take it home but that's just the, that's the nature of my mindset you know you, you don't lose games and, and that's just the way it is look lads come lads come and go we've seen it everywhere some signings are unbelievable. Some lads just just don't make it, and you know, good players just don't seem to. You know, they may not adapt to the town, the area, 
west side of Ireland, whatever it may be. Is that hard, actually? Because it is, like, if you're, especially if you're a foreigner, like, it's the west of Ireland, it's a small town. Yeah, exactly. Like, these lads are coming from different countries around Europe, and, you know, they probably look at Ireland and, and they look around here and see cities like Dublin and stuff, but they come over to the west, the west side, and, you know, it's a little bit different. Um, the west side of Ireland's the best part of as we know, it's absolute, absolute. the best side of the country. Yeah. Um, but no, look, it can be difficult. And my role is kind of helping them out the best they can with trying to welcome them in, of course, and, you know, trying to train how I train. And, you know, this is, the league's a little bit physical. This is how it is, you know. And sometimes lads adapt, sometimes they don't. It's just the way it is. Just two things for me. One, I mean, the testimonial and all of that. I mean, that must have been a, in the midst of it all. It's still a great event. you got all sorts of characters and people from around the... The country of Jonathan Levy was involved, was he? And Clancy and a few of these characters like travelled and seemed to enjoy the day. No, it was brilliant. And, you know, I, I was given the option. I could have done it at the end of this season or, or any time, really. Um, but I just thought I'd do it in the summertime, whatever summer we got there. But, um, you know, just because we know European football, so just to take, it might take the eye off the league or whatever. And, you know, I think everyone enjoyed themselves, as you said. There was, Plenty of characters out so there. The best player in the pitch, just so we want to know. Ah, Joseph, always. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Always. He had a few tricks, you know, the usual tricks he's playing to the crowd. But uh, no, it was great. Look, Quiggs, Mark Quigley, I haven't seen him in a long time since uh, since he finished playing. So, you know, it was great to see him back in, in the Sligo jersey again. And all the lads, to be fair, you know, it was it was a great day all around. Just the last thing for me, anyway. Um, the next David Cawley in the future might have a team in Mayo to compete for their affections like actually my uh, yeah I was going to say you have a Hardy Books type accent as well like you have a Mayo accent but uh, Dan I mean this is uh, like we're talking to Gary O'Neill about the start of the season there's now a team from Kerry which didn't exist when he was uh, starting off and I guess look I know there's a great relationship between Sligo Rovers and Mayo but what what do you make of it all as a potential option for for kids in a, in a county where they can be dragged in different directions as you know no that's it yeah it's great for the county it's a massive county course it's going to be known as a GEA county but there's great footballers from there you know and, and a lot of the lads there's still a lot of Mayo lads around this league you know spread out everywhere um, and especially the young kids as well they're travelling from Mayo to our academies and you know Galway's academies and all that but no it's, it's only positive definitely it's great for the west side of Ireland and hopefully you know it is successful and uh, it builds on and you know they're they're competing in the league What, what are your prospects going forward at what age you know and how long do you think you can um, keep up the standards you've been capable of. Um, I'm, t- I'm just gone 32. Um, how long I keep up this, I I don't know. But you know, hopefully there's there's a few more years left in in me anyway. Um, you know, I am. I, I do train hard. I do train every day. So maybe a few things I may have this week. Does it get harder when you get into your 31s or 32 direction? I think so. I think so. Yeah. I think especially in the middle of the park when you're playing 90 minutes. You know, it, it, like. The game itself, you're, you're you're ready for the game, but it's just the recovery time after the Sunday, Monday, Tuesdays. You know, it is. It takes a little bit of a toll, but look, that, that's the game. That's the game. Look, I'll keep going for as long as I can. And uh, you know, obviously, of course, I had my testimonial, but that doesn't mean I'm calling it a day or anything like that. I'm just getting that out there quick. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, look, Johnny, I'll I'll keep going for as long as I can. Thanks a million for the chat. Cheers, lad. Thank Cheers, you. Dave. Super. Uh, there we were. Last week's quiz winner, of I, course. I, I on the road doing some journalism, and mm. and and now we are back. Um, yeah, just very quickly. Last week's quiz winner. The question was the last team to win the cup, 
and be relegated in the same season. It was Dundalk in 2002. Conor Vesey won. If you're on Instagram, you'll know that he he already collected his prize, uh, which was the tickets for the Rocktoberfest, which we attended. We didn't get to see Conor. Yeah, what was the crack with that like? I mean, it it was a bit of a zoo now, in fairness, at that hour of the night. Johnny, you were under the mistaken impression that the competition winner didn't want to win the competition to go to the event that they wanted to go and meet you. They wanted to no, find no, you. That was, well, why are you um, complaining about not seeing him? To be, to be fair, Connor. Um, great night was had in Rascals. We had a, we had a anyway. great night and Johnny was actually optimistic for around 90 minutes of it. Um, and Connor, yeah, he's a winner so we don't have to announce a winner because um, he was the winner and he's already collected the, collected the spoils. This week's question uh, the la- it's on the t- David Snade actually gave me, asked me this question in the press box on in Daily Mount on Monday and he said has a manager ever won the first division in the FEI Cup in the same season Um, it has been done so we want people to know the last manager to do that Um, don't need to give us the year but uh, the name of the manager who has won the first division and the FEI Cup I mean it is in the 90s this won't won't really help anyone he he actually featured in that Bose programme as well well, there you there was, go. There was a photo of him. Well, there and you go. I, I did go down the rabbit hole, and we all know Brano, um, Kevin Brannon, who's done documentaries. I was like, you got to do something on Jackie Jameson. This story is just a, so much to it. And maybe it's, you know, we all know that Jackie had a tragic ending, so you, maybe this suits Dan, my kind of glass half empty. But I've yeah, always I, been. I, I actually am thinking that reading, reading mes- about Jackie Jameson, I, unfortunately, I, is on trend. I've always been mesmerized by the fact that he was playing in a league where, um, you know, his style of football just didn't seem to suit at all. And the the fact that he was just such a apparently he, he he stepped up the mark in Europe as well and and the fact that Bose fans still talk I, I think there was a jo- documentary made about Jackie Jameson back been. in the 2000s to be honest that's why I was checking but anyway this week's picture Johnny we gotta go in the first division um, Bray Wanderers play Cove Ramblers Galway United play uh, playoffs bound at Lawn Town at a good time for at Lawn Town Watford play Wexford Finn Harps play Kerry on Saturday. Longford Treaty holding on to those uh, slim prospects of the playoffs. And in the Premier Division, Cork City, St. Pat's Athletic, uh, Bowes, a resurgence like Rovers, who now look pretty safe. Uh, Shamrock Rovers, Shells. Dundalk, Drogheda United. Um, Dundalk holding on for a spot in Europe at the moment. Could still have a chance. For fourth, yeah. Um, or for fourth, well, even. I think fourth is more likely. Point. I think Dundalk to get to third is very hard. Yeah, but four, fourth, obviously. Um, all the way in. Derry City v UCD yeah, who, on the back of that uh, point against Shamrock Rovers so it's there we go I think we're done Wait, I mean, do, do, listen there's a storm will all those games go ahead Johnny will suggest probably not but we'll find out next week if they happened uh, and yeah we appreciate how was that thank, thanks to Future Sticking Rascals Brewery have you watched and Oliver Ireland have you watched The Machinist and the movie with Christian Bale no Der- Derek has yeah well there's a great line where he, your, your man says to him like I think they say there's a storm on the way I say it's already here